Welcome to We Pot a Zoo. Uh, my name is Zach, and this is the fourth episode, I think, of the podcast. Uh, this is a show about the 2011 film We Bought a Zoo. Today, I am joined by uh, Yusuf Cole, who I know through his Emmy Award-winning work as the creative director at Patriot Act. He's also a freelance game critic. Uh, welcome, Yusuf. Hey. Happy, happy to join you on this, uh, not maiden, but you know, early on voyage through the podcasting waters. Uh, it's an honor to have you on, and I'm very sorry about what I made you do. You yeah, you should feel sorry. Yeah, you DM'd me immediately after you finished the movie, and you were very mad at me. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've since cooled um, on my anger. So I think I'm ready to talk about it in a more even-handed and fair manner. So yeah, so consider yourself lucky. It would have been all all cursing. Um, yeah, if I had done it after, right after watching. Okay. I mean, it's not like a claw your eyes out movie, but um, it's a, it's something. Yeah. I guess it's why you picked it. Yeah, because it's not like it's not one of those like the room or birdemic where it's like so bad it's good and, and, and like fun to watch, but it's also not like great. So it sits in this weird middle ground and it's also way too long. It it's two hours. It doesn't need to be two hours. But it it's this it's this very strange middle ground movie. And yeah, I mean that's part of why I, I like to talk about it. I also I mean I genuinely do think parts of it are very good, but I'm curious kind of what your impression of the movie is. If you can give me kind of like, what was what was your experience watching this film? It, there's a certain like uncanniness to it, I think, uh, or un, unease to a lot of like the way it sets up its scenes because it's obviously really schmaltzy mm-hmm. on purpose and very saccharine. You know, it's all about, a family finding love through a zoo, finding each other. Like just the premise is like there's there's a lot of um like uh, like I can't believe they made this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I guess it's based on a real story. Yeah. I mean I don't know how much of it like I don't know if he goes to the restaurant and like acts out his dead wife's <laughs> like meeting his kids uh, scene as he does in the end of this movie. Probably not, um. I would say. But again, I, I, I haven't read the book. I'm gonna I'm saving mm-hmm. that for a future episode where I'm gonna Ooh, actually smart, go through smart, the yeah. the book. But change change the paradigm a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could I could I could go through some of my, the notes that I didn't write that many notes. <laughs> um, but they're kind of um, 
His name is weird. I know this is his real name. <laughs> no, don't don't <laughs> clown on a real man's name. I can't help it. Benjamin <laughs> Me is a weird name. Mr. Me? It is, it. it is Mr. Me. They should. They could. They had. I wonder if that was part of the stipulation when they like got the rights to it. If he was like, "Don't change my name. You can't change my name." Yeah, you have to use it. And then he just like stares him in the eye, like, "I dare you to use it." <laughs> I dare you. And expect people to take this movie seriously. I dare you to name your protagonist Benjamin Me. Yeah, it's me, Benjamin Me. And um, that was the first note. Um, yeah. JB JB Smooth makes me feel a bit uncomfortable. Yes, his character is very <laughs> weird. I like how he has a, he comes back again at the end, where he's like he comes he comes to the zoo, and we see so that we talk he, about... he's he's also a father, and it kind of comes full circle there. Yeah, it's all about dads. So the da- um, dad heavy movie. I think it's weird that they eat. There's the scene where they're eating pot pies, at the table like it's there's just strange choices, you know. You're like pot pies, really? Was that um, is that the scene where they tell Dylan that they're buying the zoo? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> the I didn't first, the first time the daughter says we bought a zoo. Yes. The first the I didn't remember what they were eating. I just remember that that Benjamin holds up his fork in that scene. I didn't remember that it was pot yeah. pies though. It's pot pies, baby. I, <laughs> I, I, it was so striking to me. Um, mm-hmm. all the Target advertising. Was yeah very weird yeah um, there's a lot of product placement in this movie and this the, and the, the nonsensical running joke that t- the closest store is nine miles away which is not far if you have a car like that's like a 10 minute drive yeah they really act like it's a bigger deal than it is <laughs> it's like i can't believe they go to the target it's nine miles away it's like and then are you ready to live in the country dude yeah and then ben when that whole scene with the corn with like getting butter for the corn and benjamin's yeah. like keep in mind i have to drive nine miles <laughs> and it's like all right yeah you'll be back in 25 minutes what do you want yeah yeah it's weird i mean like maybe if they made a thing where he just like is super lazy um mm-hmm. but no um scarlett johansson's character is extremely weird yep um like she's just like I mean, I think she often plays like a non, like a person that would not exist in real life, um, and this is definitely that person. Like where she basically has no life, mm-hmm. um, lives and works at the. I guess she lives somewhere else, but she works. She at the zoo well, a lot. I think she lives on the property, somewhere on the property. Yeah. But it like that's never clear because I think her cousin Elle Fanning lives with her. And then Dylan mm. goes to her bedroom at the end of the movie, which seems to be on the property, but we never really yeah, see yeah. where Kelly lives. Mm, yeah. But that's the only like inference of, of kind of where their home is. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We don't, we don't really see her leave. Um, and I don't think she does. No. Maybe she's not even real. Maybe she's a figment of Matt Damon's imagination. Which, I mean, we can kind of do a whole, like, <laughs> ghost story, Sixth Sense reading I'm of this into film. that. Because it <laughs> is established in the rules of this world that you can see apparitions of the dead. Yeah, and they're extremely realistic and, and to, have dialogue. To the point where other characters can see and interact with them. So it's That's very they possible. They enter into mass delusion, yeah. I, yeah, there's definitely a reading of this movie where everything that happens probably after the first couple of scenes <laughs> is a, a mass hallucination or a, a complete spectral experience. I like it. I mean, I like that. I also like the idea that, that everything happens 
And that, that, everything that happens is real, except for Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Every other person in the zoo is there, but then, like, he's just talking to somebody else, like, half the time. That'd be great if then when uh, the USDA inspector shows up and he's like, so where's the head zookeeper? And uh, <laughs> yeah, there's like, a lot of confusion around that. <laughs> gestures to, to, he's like, oh, Kelly Foster. He's like, Kelly Foster died six <laughs> <What>? years ago. <laughs> like, dude, don't be sexist. I know she's dead. No, no, no. Um, I, I believe that women can be zookeepers, just <laughs> not this one particular woman because she's dead. <laughs> there was a couple other notes, like uh, the idea of talking to animals right um, was interesting, mm-hmm. where you kind of have to talk to them the right way. But it ends up just being like, just shout at them. And I was like, that is accurate. Animals respond to like being yelled at. Yeah. Do you have like, Do you have a pet? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have two cats. Do you yell at the cats? Yeah, yell at them. They listen. I have not, I have not tried chuffing. Oh, all right. Well, this is a good segue to the the first segment, which is uh, let me hear you chuff. <laughs> oh my god! Now I'm like <laughs> your ears are perked. I we're not on video right now, but I like made the worst face imaginable reacting to that audio. <laughs> do you want to do you want to give me a take two on that chuff, my man? Um, I'll try another version. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> how dare you sir that is the zoological correct way to chuff i would have loved it if scarjo had been like yeah yeah you do this to the tigers and they respond Just <laughs> <laughs> like fars into her elbow or like yeah know. does the like <laughs> like a hole yeah. yeah um okay thank you for that no happy happy to- happy to do it I thought it, was, I thought it was extremely funny when the sun kicks a snake yeah it's weird that he never faces any repercussions for that yeah she's like totally i mean that's also evidence for that her being a ghost it, like like she can't actually like, punish him in any real way so yeah you know oh do we ever see her physically touch anyone besides benjamin hmm I'm not going to stake any claim on that, but I don't remember anything Ooh. happening there. Okay. I'm just like filing all of this away into like the possibility of a ghoulish read. All right. Keep going. Yeah. I'm sorry. I kind of like that Matt Damon is realistically belligerent. Yes. Like, there's something about his character. You're like, I feel like in a more polished movie or they wrote, they wrote more than one draft maybe. <laughs> um, he'd like be a bit like more, like more of a, there'd be like a bit more smoothing of his edges. But yeah, just like the fact that like he's just like constantly yelling at everybody. Um, yeah, I, I talked yeah. about this in an earlier episode, but it there are moments uh, with these characters that they really feel like real people. There's mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of moments that don't, and there's a lot of moments that don't work in this movie. But sometimes these characters really like jump off the page, jump out of the screen. I don't know what the right way to say that is but they i think jump off the page sounds better and less ring like (laughs) but again if we're doing the haunted read yeah then they do at the end of the movie if you watch past the credits (laughs) they do crawl out of this it's very i I can't stress enough how important it is that you turn off this movie before the credits end this is a real dangerous game you're playing for this movie oh my god and i'm spreading it to everyone sending them this movie i mean you're probably trying to lift your curse so i can't really blame you for, blame you for that yeah but i mean that then we can like have a whole thing about the ethics of the ring of like you know the i mean the ethics of that kind of horror movie logic like do you really want to spread the curse in order to save yourself would it be better to let the line die off like you know with the mm-hmm. ring with yeah. with it follows it's like well you know 
who who bears the responsibility here yeah yeah i mean and at, at this point we're both cursed so i'm just happy i just want to spread it to more people <laughs> All right, uh, uh, keep keep going in this in this in this laundry list of, of reasons why you dislike this movie. The dying tiger brought us together. It did. And I thought that. Yeah, I mean that's just a statement. That's what happens <laughs> in the plot. There's no value judgment on that one. It's just yeah, it did. Yeah, I mean, and lastly, I mean, I don't know if we talked about it yet, but it's like it's it. You know, you, you do like can't, it's it's hard not to to remember Tiger King. Hmm. No, we haven't um, talked talked like, about Tiger yeah. King at all yet. It's a private zoo mm-hmm. in like a random like countryside area, and a lot of like animals in cages. Obviously, it, uh, I, I enclo- heard that the enclosures, zoo, yeah. enclosures, enclosures. I'm sorry, I'm yeah. sorry. Um, Ghost Scarlett Johansson would fuck me up. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I mean, the zoo is supposed to be like awesome. Everyone's like, it's the most like nice zoo mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever but it's a model for other zoos in real life yeah so maybe it's not like tiger king but there's like just something to that aspect of like uh this guy knows nothing about anything about zoos and then buys one and is still in charge of like say when you kill a tiger it's like that shouldn't be his decision because he has no idea how to raise animals and he's never done it before yeah that's a that's an aspect of kind of like his role that i've never thought about weirdly which mm-hmm. is that like yeah he doesn't just become the owner of the zoo he he takes on all of this other responsibility that's like m- moral and life or death in a way that like no it should have been kelly's call as the head zookeeper to to put down the tiger like why does he need to sign off on it yeah yeah that part is just like i guess it's only I mean, it's not the only time that you like. It, it just feels like you're like, this is very illogical, um, yeah. and <clears throat> like presuppose like, you know, gives them some like some magical learning ability. Um, yeah, I think it just like kind of presupposes that he can make these decisions, and just in the very act of yearning, you are now capable. It gives him like some of the, some of that like Mary Sue energy. <laughs> yeah, wait, Mary, yeah, Mary Sue. Yeah, Mary uh, Sam. Matt Damon is a Mary Sue. <laughs> He's a total Mary Sue. Like he just can just like build things. Yeah, the beginning of the movie where he's like doing all these crazy adventures and he's like going all over the world and now he buys a zoo. Like it, it's and he can talk to the spirit of his dead wife. Like if mm-hmm. if Ray tried to do that, if Ray tried to do half of this shit. Star Wars yeah. fans would be so angry. Yeah. There would never have been another Star Wars after the first one. Yeah. They would have stormed uh whatever. Was LucasArts still exist? <laughs> Lucasfilm? Yeah. It's I, I it forgot just who Lu- made Star Wars. Oh Disney. <laughs> Lucasfilm <laughs> it was bought by Disney, so they would have stormed. Yes. Does do they still make this the the movies on Skywalker Ranch though? Or is now that like I'm sure parts of it. Yeah. Well, that's where like the VFX are. Anyway, this is a tangent. <laughs> but no, yes. let's keep talking about Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, there were animals in Star Wars. <laughs> if you opened a zoo in space, which <laughs> what Star Wars monster would you want to go see on the zoo? Womp rat for sure. <laughs> do we ever I see a, a see womp rat? It. I don't think you do. <laughs> it was not in the budget, so we never see a womp rat. I want a I want a Star Wars spinoff where they just go to the zoo, and that's the whole movie. <laughs> 
But then, like, the womp rat looks like a giant dick, and then, like, nobody comes to the zoo, and they fail. And, that's, and it turns out that's why we never saw one in the original <laughs> yeah. movies. It was a purely practical consideration. They yeah, like, to... Lucas has a cameo. He's like, I tried to warn you. Yeah. I didn't put in the first movie. Yeah, I tried. Don't worry. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, everything in the movie, it's for the best. You don't want to look at the womp rat because it's a uh, big penis. It's a little penis exactly. monster. Perf- perfect. Pitch perfect, Lucas. Thank you. I've been working on it. <laughs> For this very moment. Yeah. <laughs> this is why you're a podcast host. Oh, my God. Because you do the research. I do I do the research, although I didn't realize that they were eating chicken pot pies, so that's on me. Yeah, you really, you really messed up there. That's a really important moment. Yeah. I think that means... It's probably that... like the mom's favorite dish or something. Oh, fuck. <laughs> well, actually, knowing Matt Damon at, at the start of the movie, he probably would have been incapable of revisiting <laughs> that dish. It was probably her least favorite dish. <laughs> We definitely don't. We don't see him eating it. <laughs> yeah, he just kind of takes a, a, yeah. a forkful. Do we ever see Matt strong. Damon eat in this movie? Is Matt um, Damon dead the whole time? <laughs> that would be a little hard to sell, <laughs> but it's possible. I'll, yeah. I'll believe it. Any other any other notes like physical notes that you took on this movie? It's difficult with bad movies to like understand what you're watching at first, like because you're, you're you know you want to go along with the ride. Mm-hmm. But I think like the minute they get to the zoo, you're just like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, why why are they like this? Why are they behaving like this? There's a premise and the way it just happens so smoothly is just like, uh, I don't know, like there's something about it where like I'm okay with things being weird, unrealistic, but mm-hmm. it also sells it as feeling like, oh, this is normal. Yeah. Like, the the, the yeah. rules of this world are so inconsistent in terms of like what is believable and what isn't like it 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 goes back and forth at a moment's notice of like okay here's like zany movie logic and now actually it costs eight thousand dollars to bring the bear back from having escaped and you need to swipe your debit card and like it mm-hmm. it is like very down to earth at times and then it's like but the wild Scottish zookeeper is gonna break down the door. Like it, it's, mm-hmm. it has this whiplash. Yeah, there's like yeah, it has a bit of like um, like Jumanji meets like <laughs> family drama. Yeah, like, I, there's like a Disney Channel edge to it. Yes, and or, then, or lack of yeah. edge rather. Lack of edge, yeah. Disney Channel like schmaltiness. Mm-hmm. But then. Yeah, and then but then there's like oh there's there's some real drama happening with the fam- with, with the family with the father and the son. Yeah, I think that's the most success. I mean, I talk about this on on other episodes, but like I think that's the most successful part of the movie is is that mm. drama and that scene, like that fight scene with the the father and son is my favorite scene. Hmm. What was your yeah. favorite scene? Hmm. What was my favorite scene? If you can qual- <laughs> qualify something as being a favorite in this movie, I think. I mean. The- the I think the more, most one I had was probably it was probably the last part of the movie <laughs> when they go to the diner yeah. and Matt Damon wants to tell his children about the story of how he met his wife mm-hmm. and he wants to do it by pantomime because he's a born performer mm-hmm. and so he he enters the restaurant from outside makes his children stand there and watch him talk to a, wh- where his wife might have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, while well, other people dined very close nearby <laughs> <laughs> and probably attempt to ignore him. 
Um, I was like, is this L.A.? Because if, if I could see this being right, working in L.A. <laughs> like, somebody's like, oh, God, this guy's doing a scene. Yeah, he's practicing. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um, and then just had it kind of has like a, has a fake conversation with his wife, but then his children see his wife and then. Yeah. She talks, right? She says. Yeah, she things. says the last line of the movie. She says, uh, why not? You bought a zoo. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The last, the last line of the movie is her turning directly to the camera. And she says, Matt Damon bought a zoo. Yeah. And then she comes out of the screen. <laughs> no, you have to turn off the movie before that happens. Yeah, 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 yeah. That and also the scene right before it, that was really funny, um, where like they, they think it's rained out or something. Oh, yeah. Because of the storm. And then they're like, wait. No one's at the front gate. First of all, why the, why is no one at the front gate? It's it, um, why did no one just this, walk yeah. around the like <laughs> zero people walked around the tree to come to the zoo. Yeah. Also, the idea that he would just want make all these old women. Basically, a tree has crashed all, along the road. Yeah. To paint a picture um, from a storm the previous night, and instead of like doing anything about it, he's like, "All right, got time to climb over this massive ten foot tree," <laughs> and just starts pulling up like children, old women, like just like infirm people i mean this is not a you know uh, this is not a a a a compliant zoo for housing or uh for department of built of buildings you know no it's very unsafe and you really get the sense that he had to make a split second decision between like having people actually come to the park on its opening day or making sure that all of those people could come and go safely yeah I mean, he's a businessman, you know. He, he yeah. He has to make the hard decisions. He sank so much fucking money into this zoo. <laughs> You're climbing over this goddamn tree. <laughs> Get up here. Um, that was pretty funny. I uh, definitely also, uh, and I, yeah, I like the scene where he, where he, fight, him and his son, kind of have the blowout fight, like because, like I was saying, yeah, I, I, it feels like realistically unpolished, where it's just like mm-hmm. he's like kind of shouting whatever, and like yeah. they're kind of not really like they're like shouting past each other and it's kind of just like this look at this raw emotion that's like not really like making contact yes and i think the way like it does like the way they resolve it doesn't really work where they basically just go to the tiger and look at it and they're like cool yeah <laughs> that's good, a, that, they now. like they start the the reconciliation but even then neither of them really like mm-hmm. apologize well like matt damon doesn't apologize ever no yeah. and his son accepts that and then they're buddy buddy by the end of the movie but they they have like the scene that should have that emotional beat but the scene does not have the emotional beat and then they just act like it did yeah yeah exactly it's like a transition happens we were not there to see it didn't yeah. happen on screen <laughs> but it happens it happens as the as the life left the tiger's eyes <laughs> transferred the into their like, relationship. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> the tiger, let me die in peace. Oh, that tiger. The tiger is actually fun to watch because not related to this movie, me and my mm-hmm. wife have been like kind of doing some research about death anxiety um, because we're writing a piece about it. Oh. Uh, about kind of the, well, the, the psychological idea of it, which is, that we are, you know, that there is a lot of anxiety in adults. We just dis- form displacement about other, about um, our anxiety about dying into other anxieties where we're like um, nervous or bad at interpersonal relationships or um, kind of workaholics, that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. those those elements are can be signs that, that if you plumb deeper into it, into the subconscious, there's an idea that you're just like afraid of dying, afraid of 
the of your mortality of the of the limits of your life and not not having ever like built up enough defenses for it yeah so like it, it all manifests through displacement and through ex, like external objects and so like when you have like something like an, a pet dying right or like you know a tiger in this case a tiger dying <laughs> that he doesn't he does not know um it, it, you know then it's like it felt like a, a super on the nose ex, ex, case study of that <laughs> like in this case it was like more him just not not being able to reckon with his wife his wife's death right but it's it's um, still that that anxiety of like not being able to comprehend death or or be able to mm-hmm. like move on from death totally yeah. externalized onto this other thing yeah it felt like some yeah like somebody like had got a lot of therapy before writing like writing the screenplay <laughs> well that's the thing is that is cameron crow's father had passed away and a lot of his work after that was like related to like the death of a family member like hmm. elizabeth town and this were very much like these are movies about uh loss and even mm-hmm. um almost famous has like a, uh, a, a a family with a single mother. I don't think the dad is ever mentioned, but it's always like these family units that are disheveled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, yeah, it, this movie is really about it, about that, and really yeah. focused on that, uh, which is cool. I mean, like it's weird. I mean, it creates like an enormous sense of dissonance. Yeah. Um, but it's also like interesting. I mean, that that does make him more likable and more um add some richness to his character but i do think yeah like when when it gets to the point of like the tiger is this like external symbol of this like Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be as (laughs) heavy-handed yeah Um, and yeah yeah. the and the service that then scarlett johansson provides like is strange because like i I said as like a surrogate yeah surrogate wife mother figure like how she comes in and just takes care of his kids when he's like peaced out yeah uh which is kind of amazing you're like were you just gonna let your kids starve all night like what what's going on here like are you more messed up than we than like you had previously expressed um but the, the fact that she doesn't have she like her whole like she's like built to to service him to service the plot to like like service the no zoo external. literally yeah. yeah service the zoo run the zoo she i mean she um, she says multiple times she's like you know i live at home i never go out i would that's what you were saying before about like her being like a total workaholic somebody who mm-hmm. spends like all their time at the zoo like she really is a a, a a person who is in service of everything around her yeah like and that's what makes her like an, almost like a non-person yeah. because like you're like where what are your goals like I guess it's to to mac on Matt Damon who's much <laughs> older than you. Yeah, the age gap um, is weird. Yeah, it's like, uh, and then I don't think every character needs to have like explicit motivations, but like or that are like that are that spelled out. But I think like you know a character character like hers is very familiar, where it's like mm-hmm. she's there to like help the man take do his journey correctly um, and fill in the fill in the gaps for that. Yeah, she feels very much like a. Um... I don't want to say manic pixie dream girl, but like rowdy, dirty zoo girl (laughs) where, where she's, she's there who she, she's from the moment she's introduced, you kind of get the sense that like, this is the character who is going to like, not fix Matt Damon, but like help him on his journey. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I, I was talking in another episode about 
um, Elle Fanning as a Manic Pixie mm-hmm. Dream Girl and the fact that I actually think that like her character is better realized than ScarJo's. Mm. Like yeah. I think that her quirks make a lot more sense to her because she is like this socially awkward teenager who is homeschooled and lives on a zoo and hasn't met another kid and is she crushing on Dylan or is she just excited to talk to someone her own age? Oh, it is a crush. Oh, that that makes sense. Like it it like mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like she is just like doing these things cuz she's the girl and Dylan is the protagonist. Like but with ScarJo it kind of falls more into that trap of like why does she like Benjamin? What what is she trying to her interactions with him feel forced. Just like the way she's even introduced like the whole crew is just like just ready to go, you know, ready to to ready to support whoever buys the zoo. Yeah, weirdly. Um, like they're <laughs> attached to the, like they're attached to the zoo even though you're like who's running I mean, I guess the government was running it before, like paying for it before. Yeah, I had to, like it should, they should have just like left the government paying for they it. They should have let the government do it. They should have let the government transfer the animals to better sanctuaries. Like you'd think yes. that would be less expensive than paying to run the zoo and pay the staff. It, like I have so many questions about the logistics. <laughs> On top of that, then you have this weird romantic subplot. Yeah, with between her and him, and it's like, is the subplot just like, um, weird like lonely girl who is here? To then hook up with literally any man who comes to buy this zoo, like that's ultimately. I mean, like as long as he sticks around, like yeah. the the, the, re, the prerequisites are prerequisites are not like interesting personality, um, like nice person. No, Matt Damon buys you flowers, takes you out. He's kind of a dick in this movie. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. He's not great. Yeah, it's weird. He's a weird. Like he just like. Ha- He's somebody who just is very much not in touch with with his emotions and like yeah. an extreme like I mean, which is something maybe that would have been interesting to like focus more on. Like if it was almost like um what was what was that PTSD movie like Never Go- Look Look Back or something or no what Don't Look Back What are you uh, talking don't about look back. What's the PTSD movie There was a PTSD movie um where the guy and his daughter live in the woods Don't what? look twice Don't <laughs> this, what are the title what? Is the, it's a it's a war vet who lives in a park with his daughter and he like lives in like the okay. Pacific Northwest and then like he, he basically can't live in society because he has really messed up PTSD. Who's in it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, but okay, what is the movie the, will uh... be in the show notes? <laughs> I assume. It's just don't look back or something like that. Okay. It's like kind of one of those like like ambiguous names um but um it's all about yeah just kind of like this guy like it's exploring um like a man's like ter- emotional turmoil okay and his like and his inability to like be hel- emotionally healthy and i think like we bought a zoo like wants to do that a little bit but not like too much <laughs> like it doesn't want to like get its feet it's like hands dirty with that yeah where you're like oh but this is like this guy's real fucked up like he's got he has issues and um, you see evidence of it everywhere. The pot pies, his inability <laughs> to drive to Target yeah. that's 10 minutes away. Um, but his, the, like, it, it's true. Like, he yells at his son. Those are the... Those are the he just I, hates his son. He does. No, that's, well, that's it. He's so yeah. sweet to his daughter, and he is so, like, uh, constantly beefing with his son. And, like, that is... When the movie leans into that, it's such a more interesting movie. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and even yeah. even with the smaller moments you get of of like seeing that he doesn't have a handle on things, just like little throwaway lines of like him not knowing where his wife bought his kids school supplies or mm-hmm. like him wanting to like do another travel log series and use his kids as props like there are all these like little hints that he is like not a great father slash person and they're like dancing on the edge of his character and when they come to the center you're like oh shit this is a that's the most compelling stuff but for the most part he's just like a kind of out of touch dude and when it when it's like when the movie gets like you said like disney channel-y it it loses that compelling narrative yeah and i think that is like its central conflict because it wants to tell both stories yeah like it it paints him as like yeah we we see him being like a shitty father and, and it does like dip into that every now and then but it also wants to tell like a mighty duck story of yeah. like underdog where he's like the zoo win he wins he does it <laughs> Even though it's a terrible idea born of, like, desperation. <laughs> and, like, he doesn't consult his children or his son, who's, like, fairly old at this point. Like, yeah. who should have a stake in this. They just um, come home yeah. and are like, Dylan, we're moving to a zoo. It's And it's, <laughs> it's absolutely baffling. Yeah. And, like, I mean, they develop it in terms of, like, the son just being, like, super pissed the whole movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't say develop it. They, they don't ignore they, it entirely. The, it like, is, the son is not happy with It is present decision. in the film. <laughs> and it does blow up eventually. I mean, and, and then, like, then they resolve. But, but yeah. yeah, the resolution happens at the... Co- it, part of the reason probably why the resolution doesn't feel emotionally satisfying is because they can't actually reckon with the reality of it because to do so, I think you would have to then question the whole venture where you're just like why is like what why did he buy a zoo like we never like yeah you know we we know we, that he did buy a zoo but we don't know why because if they actually sat down to have that conversation it would have to be like dad why didn't you tell me that you were buying a zoo until you had already bought the zoo yeah like that would be the first question and the conversation would stop because matt damon could not possibly have a good answer to it no no, no, no. He would just start yelling. Yeah. Like, it's just, that's like, you know, that's the, the character that they set up. That the, that's, that's the weird belligerent character that they gave this Disney Channel story <laughs> to. It's like everybody else in the movie is like perfect, idyllic, like cutouts. And then Matt Damon comes and just like yells at everything and and um, somehow and then it's OK, though. It's all OK in the end. Because the people because the people. come. Yeah, the people came at the end. And then the and the mean inspector is OK with it. Yeah, he do, he like smirks. He gives like a, a he like does a chuckle and then everything's fine. He does a lot of smirking. There's a lot of characters smirk in this movie. I, I should go through watch again and do a smirk counter. Scar- oh, that'd be really good. Yeah. Scarjo smirks a lot. Walter Ferris all, smirks a lot. Is, there were like there are different moments of Scarjo where she looks at Matt Damon and then like you're like what's supposed to happen? What's happening? Like what's the emotion that is supposed to <laughs> supposed to be conveyed in this moment? Yeah. Like there's a lot of like you're like or like when he's like breaking down over the money. And then, like, everyone's like, oh, this is this is bad. Yeah. And then she just, like, looks at him and just, like, slightly smiles. Yeah, because he, he knocks <laughs> over the barrel, and then he, like, picks the barrel back up. And, yeah. like, that's what she's focusing on rather than the fact that, like, <laughs> no, this guy's going to have to pay, like, $150,000 to keep the zoo going. And he's clearly, like, freaked out about it. But, look, he put the barrel back up, so it's going to be okay. Yeah, it's like, it's, it'll, be, it'll all be okay. 
Yeah. I have a question for you, which is, mm-hmm. have you been to a zoo recently? I mean, not recently because of COVID, but like... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I go every week. I go every week. <laughs> Most of them are really sick for some reason. <laughs> All the animals are <laughs> sick and dying. Um, uh, I, I, I have not. I don't really enjoy zoos for the most part. Um, I think the last one I went to was probably maybe in Japan, Ooh. just because it was in Japan. Um, and we were visiting some friends, so we went to the Tokyo Zoo, which is pretty cool. It's a pretty cool zoo. Are there are there major differences between like a zoo in Tokyo and a zoo in New York? Not really. I think it feels like it has the same kind of like design, probably inspired by Benjamin Mee, because he was probably yeah. inspirational zoo designer. Oh, the um, what's oh, what's his uh, McCready? Scottish guy. Peter McCready. McCready. Yeah, Peter McCready, masterful designer, really shitty like gate locks. <laughs> like this guy is not good at his job. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, generally, like, yeah, I don't really. I mean, zoos aren't my thing. Let's mm-hmm. just say. How about how about you, Zach? Uh, I haven't been to a zoo in a, a very long time. Probably not since I was in in college. We had to go to a zoo for a class to like look at animals um but before that i mean i i grew up in montreal where the where they have the biodome which i like a lot are there other animals in the biodome yeah yeah oh, the shit. the biodome is is really cool because it's like climate controlled each area and it, it like you walk through different biomes um nice. and they're they're all mostly open enclosures so animals are just kind of like moving around and doing their thing that's pretty cool um and there's like a, a there's like a bat cave that you walk through where it's just like everything is they're like flying all around you. And when I was a kid, this is probably when I was like five, our kindergarten class did like a sleepover at the biodome. And we set up all of our little sleeping bags in front of the aquarium section. So it's this just like huge wall, uh, like floor to ceiling aquarium view of uh fish and uh what's the like little whale guy you know you know who i'm talking about no no whale no (laughs) yeah there's a uh an orca just like bashing its head (laughs) against the glass (laughs) um the uh the little like guy that's like a little shark guy you know the guy he's got like spots he's a little guy and it's like a whale i think it's like called a whale shark is that who i'm thinking of maybe maybe i don't know fish too good well that makes both of us but (laughs) anyway we set up our sleeping bags and it was like this really magical experience of like falling asleep next to this just wall of (laughs) of fish that's pretty neat but as far as like a yeah i liked that but like as far as classic uh zoos go i i'm on i'm with you on this of like well they're not really kind of i wouldn't i wouldn't make a day of it you know i mean i think you just came up with a great idea for the sequel though we, we bought, bought an, an aquarium. aquarium. Yes. Or we installed an aquarium. We, <laughs> we installed an aquarium. That's I'm again. This this is actually a perfect segue into um, another segment, which is um, maybe you can help me name it. I'm thinking of of either calling it "We Bought Another Zoo" or "We Bought a Two, the sequel to mm. "We Bought a Zoo." Mm. But this is a segment where I, I I'm going to ask for pitches for. Uh, the sequel, and I think that that's a good place to start. Is we installed an aquarium in the zoo, but what else yeah, do you, what I mean, else do you think could happen in a sequel to We Bought a Zoo? I think another title could be We Bought a Zoo again with it like italicized again, like <laughs> scribbled right below zoo. Yeah. So yeah, they could they could he could become like a zoo magnate. 
Mm. Kind of goes around buying other zoos. A zoo tycoon, if you will. A zoo tycoon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to avoid copyright, so I'm calling no. it a zoo magnate. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to keep your podcast floating, all right? Thank you. Help me help you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, maybe it's like he's like, I need to recreate that feeling of buying a zoo. And then he kind of buys even more, but he realizes it makes him feel empty, ins- empty inside. Like, he mm. can't recreate that initial love affair. Right. With the zoo. Well, I think, well, I mean, unless yeah. Scarlett Johansson passes away and then he has to recreate oh, yeah. it again. <laughs> He's like, I can't be at the zoo because it reminds me of Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> so I have to buy another zoo and he meets the zookeeper yeah. there. Yeah. And it just yeah. keeps going. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's why well, one he has to actually figure out by himself. By that point, but he's like really good at zoos. Oh yeah, so he, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't need a girl's romance. He doesn't need a zoo. He doesn't need a a zookeeper. It's more about his son finding romance. It's always like you know you want to do the next generation. Mm, yeah, keep the franchise going. Yeah, uh, yeah. They just like maybe it's like they, they keep having kids and it's like <laughs> continues. Um, I mean, obviously, to keep the underdog narrative going, you have another zoo open up next door. That's like the corporate zoo. It's like, uh, you know, like the giant <laughs> zoo owned by Disney or something. <laughs> um, oh, it's it's owned like, by Target yeah. nine miles away. <laughs> it's owned by Target. They're like, hey, guys. Like the end of the, end of the first movie ends with them being like, Target's, uh, they, they're moving closer. It's no longer nine miles away. Oh, shit. It's they're on top of us. <laughs> we have to move. Yeah, they're buying our property. <laughs> They're now nine miles long. Target is a <laughs> massive like property. Um, I mean, Target is a good idea. It's like maybe it could be like about Target. <laughs> we bought a Target. They, get, they like yeah. They get they're like you know what? fuck it. We want to build a Target closer to us. <laughs> and it becomes like kind of like a like a superstore sort of knockoff where there's like all the hijinks they get up to trying to like uh, operate a superstore. Yeah, and you can have a good crossover with like. Maybe they, one of the employees is the monkey. And then like you oh, have like yeah. some of the zoo characters at Target and it's like zany yeah. and, and uh, really cute. Like what makes our Target stand out? We let a bunch of wild animals <laughs> to the aisles. Uh, that monkey doesn't get enough screen time, honestly. Yeah, the, that monkey has like two antics in the movie and otherwise is just kind of like sitting on the guy from Almost Famous's shoulder. Yeah. I feel like they just didn't want to like train the monkey or hire a more expensive trained monkey. No, that well, that's the thing. That is the most expensive monkey. That is the, really that is Crystal the Capuchin from The Hangover, from Community, from you oh my know, goodness. That's that is the Hollywood monkey, Doctor Doolittle. That's the Hollywood monkey. Well, he was really off his game in this. They just they needed to write better material for the monkey. Yeah. <laughs> the monkey He's wasted all talent the monkey was like i can't i can't work under these conditions <laughs> <laughs> the, the monkey was looking at the script like you want me to do what i'm you want me to, agent you want me to sit on this guy's shoulder and that's like, it <laughs> all right but i'm gonna be lazy about it yeah i'm gonna charge a lot for this um <laughs> they yeah they, they had so many more more animals they wanted to get but the monkey like ate up three quarters of the budget <laughs> That was so a very monkey. sparsely populated zoo. <laughs> the monkey was actually paid more than Elfan. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Um, um, this is, yeah. I mean, part of the reason I, I really wanted to um, have you on was kind of to bring your expertise as a video game journalist into the conversation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we brought up Zoo Tycoon very briefly a moment ago, but this is... Uh, a real question that I have for you, which is, if there were a tie-in video game to We Bought a Zoo, released in you know Christmas 2011, 
what how do you how do you think the studios should have gamified this movie um i think that they had they they got a lot of options here mm-hmm. so wait when did this come out 2011 2017 2011 Two, did you say 2017 <laughs> yeah it could have come out 2017. <laughs> i mean the ga- okay the game could come out tw- the game could come it out took a six long years time to later make, they're making a big open world RPG. <laughs> Uh, whereas like they had to they had to cover the world in zoos. Everybody has their own zoos and they kind of like fight each other. With the animals <laughs> that'd be one thing. It'd be kind of fun. You could like armor tigers up and like send them at each other. Oh, I like that. Yeah, 2011. So you know, still just in the cusp of this generation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you could get some sweet photorealistic graphics going. Get some animal fur. Yeah, yeah. When did Sky- yeah. when did Skyrim come out? I think around then. Yeah. So this maybe is little, it's like later, yeah. that that generation of. Mm-hmm. Of game, I mean, what what studio do you think would be key to develop this? It, it really, you know, it, it depends. Like, I think um, it's it's gonna be a studio that has the technical pe- capacity, right, to like mm-hmm. really to do these animals justice. Yes, because we need to like we don't want some like boxy um, tigers and like what 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 else is in this zoo? I don't remember half the animals. Uh, a, we three tigers, a bear, a bear, a lion. Okay, the lion has some stuff going on. Yeah, the lion almost eats McCready. Oh, the lion almost eats the guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's right there. Boom! <laughs> that game would be so good. Are you Where the li- like, are you the lion or are you the guy? It's a multiplayer game. Where, <gasps> you're, the lion, where you're the lion. Actually, no, it doesn't. It's really, really boring to be the lion because the whole idea is just getting distracted. Yeah, it's a self game. Or is it? Or is it like a Dead by Daylight kind of yeah, asymmetrical yeah, yeah. multiplayer where one person is is the lion and the other yeah. people have to uh, sneak around and repair the enclosure and get out alive. Yeah. Like the lion's goal is to get out of, to break out mm-hmm. or to eat people. Oh, know, whichever comes first. Multiple win conditions. I love this. Exactly. Yeah. And so you're kind of like, yeah, all the players are like z- are hopping in and trying to, and trying to um, fix the gates, patch the fences. Mm-hmm. And then maybe it's like one player is the distractor. Yes. You have to like kind of shout. You have to you have to chuff into the mic. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like rock band. Like your, yeah. your chuffing ability will, will determine whether your your friends survive. Oh, uh, what was that game that came out a few years ago? Where like if you like, it's like it was like a horror game, and if you like during certain moments, the controller would detect if you moved it or made noise, and hmm. if you did, you would die. It might have been Alien Isolation. Oh. Did, did that... No, actually, that, that one had like a hold your breath button in the game. I like. Um, I, I I saw some gameplay of that that I liked. No, this was mm-hmm. this was like a cabin in the woods, mm-hmm. like I don't remember what it was called. I remember that Rami Malek was in it. Oh, until dawn. Yes. Yeah. Until dawn. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. 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 yeah they they game. they had that mechanic. Did you play it? Mm, I did. Yeah, it was awesome. Oh hell yeah! I never had a, a PS4, so I unfortunately couldn't play it. Ah, oh, that's sad. I know. You didn't even get to experience until dawn. I mean, they're making a new, they have a new one coming out like in a few, in a week. I think it's like a haunted town sort of horror game where you like can't get out of town. Oh, nice. It looks, it looks pretty fun. They've been like, yeah, they've been working on a few games since then, since until dawn. And I, I love it. It's so cheesy and great and perfect for this season. Yeah. What are, what are your other favorite games? Um, I don't know. Now we're pivoting totally away from We Bought a Zoo. And now this is, <laughs> now this is a video game podcast. I don't know. I mean, like, uh, I guess it depends on how I'm, how I'm feeling, right? But yeah, um, I really I like all the dishonored dishonored games by mm. Arcane. 
Like, those are great. They're stealthy, but there's, like, a magical element to them. Uh, I played a lot of Hollow Knight last year. Oh, nice. Like this, like, really cool, like, 2D illustrated game that's, like, but it's, like, a platformer. Yeah. So there's, like, a bit of, like, a... Aren't they, aren't they doing, like, a, sequ- a sequel to that one, too? They are, yeah. They are. They're making um, a new one. It's supposed to come out at some point this year. I've been I've been excited. I've just been playing a lot of Hades recently, like everybody else. Yeah. Which is great. Solid game. Oh, I also like Dark Souls a lot. Anything from Dark from like um the From Software people. Do you do you think there could be a, a We Bought a Zoo video game in that engine? Hmm. Could could We Bought a Zoo be a Souls game? You know, I could sort of see it because like Souls is very based in like existential um angst where your character is basically usually like on the cusp of death or a zombie or has been zombified mm-hmm. and the game is their attempt to claw their way back into life but they usually ends by them like sacrificing themselves to the gods essentially to, to continue um to continue the order of things uh which i think is, you know that's basically the plot of we want to see that's the, that is the the plot going on in the background of the movie that mm-hmm. that's the wife's subplot. She she is trying to crawl her her way out of perdition. Yeah, yeah. but and she find like she needs his energy yeah. in, in repairing and and rehabilitating the zoo to finally come back into this mortal plane. And that's the end of the, the point film. Of, con- of first yeah. contact, <laughs> <laughs> the diner. <laughs> yeah, it has an emotional significance and like kind of a, a psychic power that he then. Um, that she manipulates i think she's she's kind of pulling the strings yes from behind the scenes i think i think that would actually map pretty well onto um not a not a sequel but a side quill i guess where we see it all mm-hmm. from kind of her perspective where she is yes. going through this existential journey um and kind of and kind of like dipping in and out of reality as she's able to break through the bonds of death i think and yeah that that story, I think, could be gamified very easily. And I think that, like, it'd be great if the main way she communicates is through the the weird sign, LED sign on L Fanning's room. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, um, the tiger is sick. <laughs> Feed the tiger. <laughs> the tiger represents <laughs> me, your wife. <laughs> and, like, Matt Damon just, like, does, 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 like, a double look. He's like, huh? <laughs> Um, and then it just like goes back to normal. Yeah, I, I think that would be great. Yeah, it, it's like a like a Stranger Things or um, yeah, yeah. She's communicating from the upside down. <laughs> uh, what's that? Inter Interstellar, Interstellar, where it's like she's in a she's trapped in the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. I, like, otherwise, why would the kids be able to see her in that final scene? I th- yeah, it's not a metaphor. It's they oh, what yeah, they one hundred percent are able to physically see her human body, and she has returned from the land of the dead. And not only is it a sidequel. Not only is it a video game, but it's also a sequel. Then we must, you know, she, she the, both movies end at the same point. Mm-hmm. And then the third movie, we see what happens when she, she manages to, to rest herself back into the land of the living. I think it would be, it would be um, kind of Armageddon situation. In what, in what sense? Like, I think like she's, she's pissed. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, she, she's she, like, you've been a bad dad. Been a terrible, a terrible dad. dad. You, you have kissed a woman who's way too young for you <laughs> yeah she's like i don't care if you, you can move on i don't care it's just this like scar joe yeah, just don't be just don't be a creep P- please like, like someone a your, bad model for our children someone your own age i told you i told you not to listen to duncan and you spend half the movie taking it as advice like <laughs> oh duncan 
Oh, Duncan. That's what we haven't talked about Duncan at all. It's a weird character. I mean, he's kind of like the audience stand in, but he's also like a weird, like, fuck up black sheep character. Yeah. I th- I really, it's, actually, it's really funny where it's, he's constantly like, don't do this. But wait, what do I know? I'm <laughs> terrible <laughs> at life decisions. <laughs> you shouldn't listen to me. I actually don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, that kind of raises another, like, a generational question of, like, how is Matt Damon's son, like, you know, you know, 30 years down the line, Matt Damon's son has to make, like, difficult financial decisions. Like, Matt Damon will not be able to give this kid any advice because mm. his, like, the first words out of his mouth are going to be like, you sank almost $200,000 into a zoo. <laughs> you don't get to tell me shit. Like you, yeah. you squandered our inheritance on a zoo, mm-hmm. yeah. so don't even. It's talk. like barely breaking even. Zoos are not famously profitable institutions; they're usually no. backed by nonprofits. Dad, um, well, I mean, also like Matt Damon's advice would probably be like, check to see if your mom left you any money. <laughs> have you gotten any mail from your mom? You know, your, have, you, have, your mom? You, have you looked in any any <laughs> shirt pockets and found mysteri- oh mysterious checks? Dad, I looked through all my clothes. Double check. Don't throw any, like they don't throw anything away ever. So it could be stone in the lining. I want. We need that extra check. The zoo is not doing well. Yeah. Well, I mean, in in real life, the zoo is not doing well, unfortunately. Really? Because of because of COVID. Uh, I usually I usually plug mm. it at the end, but I'll I'll say it here is that like the um, the the real zoo is called Dartmoor Zoological Park in England. Um, it because of COVID is is. Uh, it can only run on like one third capacity, so it's taking yeah. in a lot less revenue. So um, they're accepting donations on their website, uh, which I'll, I'll plug that at the end. It's my goal to one day have the real Benjamin Me on this podcast. I think that'd be great. I believe in you. Put, put that energy into the universe that Benjamin yeah. Me will one day come on this podcast. I mean, what I think we should, think we should do is we should have people donate directly to you and then hold the money hostage. <laughs> <laughs> My listeners have sent me $1,600. <laughs> it's all yours, Benjamin, if you come on yeah. my little podcast. It's an easy bet, Benjamin. Make the right decision. <laughs> You're amazing at making good decisions. So <laughs> there should be a, a shoe-in. <laughs> easy street. Fam- famously good at financial decisions, <laughs> Benjamin Me. I really, I am really curious though, like what his reaction to the portrayal of Matt Damon in the movie was like, mm. was like the like goofy fun zoo stuff and the like relationship with his children. Mm-hmm. Like, I, yeah. like was that something where he was able to divorce himself enough from the, the like reality to fiction pipeline and be like, I'm watching a movie. It's not about me. Or like, I haven't read the book was was that relation? How much of that relationship was like rooted in fact and was difficult to watch on screen? Yeah, uh, well, we'll see. I think you should also read the book and, and report yeah. back because because how much was embellished, like yeah, or like you know, where, where's the truth here? Like the is a real estate agent real? Like how does he feel about that part? Like I'm um, yeah, I, I I'm like, sure there was a real estate agent, <laughs> but like. That one who was like, you will not find any place with a backyard. Oh, one more house. It's a zoo. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you it's a zoo. I'm not going to tell you it's a zoo until literally the last possible moment before you could find out that it's a yeah. zoo. Though I guess he never technically tells him it's a zoo. He was, maybe he's hoping that he buys it without seeing any of the animals. <laughs> He was he was weirdly hoping that he wouldn't buy it. Although you would assume that because this property was so expensive, he would have gotten a huge commission. Yeah. Finder's fee. Do you think do you think it was expensive? 
It was like three hundred something k. Did you did you look at the did you did you freeze frame on the on the deed? I did, I did uh, <laughs> on the listing when they when they're in the car. Why did you buy a nice house in the suburbs? What the fuck, dude? It makes no fucking sense. It makes me it makes me so angry. <laughs> it doesn't make you any fucking could have sense. Could a very fine house a few blocks away from the partying family that drove him out of his original house <laughs> and then and not have to like change school districts and uproot his son's social life which he also never apologizes for yeah though he got expelled so fuck him apparently yeah he's like you have no rights you were expelled i was just i was listening with, with the son like um they really missed a chance on releasing an art book with the movie yeah, yeah those, like sick drawings oh, sick drawings done by someone else <laughs> yeah it's like scary stories to tell in the dark illustrations <laughs> or like this is like my understanding of like my basic pop psychology understanding of, of mourning yes essentially yes which i mean that's another thing is that like they never really do get any professional help for the many issues that this family is facing no, no, they do not. They, they it's the anim, the animals. They're treating the animals as a therapist, and that's just not fair to the animals. No, they're dying here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't treat your friends like therapists. Don't treat your animals like therapists. Yeah, uh, they killed the they killed the tiger by like unloading all their emotional baggage. The what they don't tell you is the tiger was actually fine before they got to the zoo. <laughs> At the beginning yeah. of the movie, the tiger was totally healthy. It was all those like a full overnights of Matt Damon just like standing by the cage and staring <laughs> mournfully at the tiger and like talking to it like it's his ex-wife. Oh. It's like the scene from like the lighthouse where like William Defoe's like staring at the bright light, except this Matt Damon like <laughs> Matt Damon staring at the tiger, to himself, <laughs> like blinded by the brilliance of the tiger. Yeah, the Scarjo walks by and see Matt Damon sees Matt Damon like <laughs> naked in the tiger cage. <laughs> she kind of then she smirks. Yeah, <laughs> cut to black. End of movie. I think Willem Defoe should have won for for that movie. Not even nominated. Oh yeah, fucked up. Was that this year's? Yeah, I know it feels like a million years ago, but like oh, that, yeah. like that was this last Oscar season. Ridiculous, pa- ridiculous. Parasite. Did we did we bought a zoo get anything? Uh, I don't think it was nominated for a single Academy Award. Believe it or not. Damn. Yeah, pretty fucked up. Not even adapted the screenplay. <laughs> you'd think you'd think it would get the nom. It's bare minimum. Come on, Hollywood loves <laughs> ba- that stuff. Bare minimum. Oh, yeah, the bear scene. Yeah, gets that bear good. Uh, okay. Since all right, we're we're here. I'll do one last little question, and then and then I think we can okay. wrap up. Um, but but speaking of the bear, um, how how do you think the bear got out and went totally unnoticed by the entire zoo <laughs> until it was just by happenstance in the suburbs in front of Benjamin's car? Um, well, first we know that McCready is terrible at fences. Like we have seen evidence that his fences are just really bad at locking. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that solves that problem right there. Um, the or lack of, I mean, that it creates a problem. Yeah, <laughs> out of the enclosure. Um, but it was yeah, like it did create like a sense of like really wonky geography. Yeah, just like how did the bear get to the suburb and then like the next scene is the bear in the woods yeah the bear is with the bear like just i'm over these these like this cul-de-sac i need to go back to the nature yeah or be near the zoo i guess it couldn't be that near the zoo because it costs so much to transport 
him back. I mm. the 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 biggest kind of like question mark is like what happened between him getting out of the enclosure and him showing up on the road because there mm-hmm. is a lot of I mean, it's a nine mile drive to town <laughs> the it's bear walked bear nine miles <laughs> yeah he's yeah that took him some time i think he was trying to get to a different movie honestly like he's <laughs> just like get me out of here <laughs> he's trying to get to uh the revenant <laughs> yeah like, i heard that guy got a really he got a good role got a lot of money for his job like they're not paying me shit they're giving all the money to the monkey <laughs> he had to take a pay cut. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I hear exposure. Matt, Matt Damon. Matt Damon actually felt so bad he gave him uh, <laughs> some of his some of his paycheck. Yeah, where is the tweet celebrating Matt Damon for giving some of his paycheck to the bear? <laughs> this needs to, everyone needs to know about this. Yeah. He's oh yeah, he's always getting shit for his weird foot and mouth gaffes and and his uh, weird um, movie about the Great Wall, but. He should really be getting his flowers for, for I think, bare support. Mm-hmm. The bare minimum, as we said. Giving that bear some some equity in this venture that he, he must have believed in. Yeah, and to, to be, some extent. Let's let's be let's be real. The bear does good work. That that growl, that that uh yeah. bellow. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. I mean maybe it was CG, I don't know. <laughs> but I <laughs> Yeah, he was at he the bear was acting against the tennis ball there. <laughs> And that's even more impressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. This is <laughs> this has been um, We Pot a Zoo. Do you have anything to plug? Um, I, I would just say to follow me on Twitter, where I spend most of my time these days since I can't leave the house. It's Yumiu, uh, Y-O-U-M-E-Y-O-U. And I'll be writing about... No, I will not be writing about this movie. But I'll be <laughs> writing about other things, probably video games and... And, and, and the like. Awesome. Mm. Um, thank you, Yusuf, for coming on the show. Thank you to RT Cobral for the intro and outro music. Thank you to Sydney Gish for her vocals on the intro. You can find a link to their work in our Twitter, which is at WePotAZoo. Uh, follow us there. Follow us on Instagram. Uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Um, and if you go to dartmoorzoo.org.uk, you'll see information there about uh donating because of covid to the zoo so uh go to that website if you and donate if you have the means and um like comment and subscribe like comment subscribe rate review subscribe uh check the show notes for the name of that movie yusuf was talking about (laughs) earlier and uh hey yusuf hey zach why'd you come on this podcast why not see you next time there's a movie called we bought a zoo Guess what happens? There's a zoo for sale and it gets bought By Matt Damon, a grieving single father In search of closure, hoping to find it in a tiger or a bear enclosure It's a film by Cameron Crowe Buy it now so you can go home and enjoy it with your friends and family I'll buy a zoo, a zoo, you'll buy one too, I'll buy a zoo for you if you'll